Hi, this is Dr. J.P. Sanchez, president of Building the Next Generation of Academic Physicians, also known as BINGAP, um, as well as the editor of a new book that was just published entitled Succeeding in Academic Medicine, A Roadmap for Diverse Medical Students and Residents. I'm happy that you've joined us today for this podcast, um, which consists of authors of the many chapters of this book. Um, as you may or may not know, this book was written to really increase diverse trainees' awareness of interest and preparedness for academic careers. Today, uh, we have Dr. Renee Williams, who wrote the chapter on educational scholarship. Um, how are you, Renee? I'm doing great. Um, I guess as well as can be expected in these days and times. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I want to thank you for, for taking the t this time to spend with us. I know you're very busy, both as fellowship director and in your clinical role. So um, as I mentioned, since this podcast series is really to encourage more diverse trainees to consider academic careers, can you share with them a little bit about your background um, and how you identify? Well, I would say I identify I am a Black Caribbean cisgendered female. I was born in Jamaica West Indies and came here as a teenager. So I started high school in Jamaica and I came and finished the rest of my schooling here. So I would identify as Caribbean, American, Black, many things. Excellent, excellent, thank you. Um, and can you tell us a little bit more about your educational and professional journey, especially in relation to becoming a clinician educator? So I, you know, did, and I, so I did a lot of my training at New York University. That's where John and I met, JP. Finished my, I was a computer science major. I had a brief stint as a software developer after college because I had an interest. Went to medical school, did a residency and fellowship. When I started medical school, I was planning on being an OB-GYN, but once I did my clinical rotations, I realized that I liked general medicine and ultimately in residency realized I like gastroenterology. I do like working with my hands, I like procedures. I think it's a great marriage of medicine and surgery and I've had a great time. Within the context of my journey, I always thought I would go out to be a clinic, a doctor in practice, but you know, we don't know a lot. There's a lot of lack of knowledge. And once you hit medical school and residency training, you see the other options. And I realized I really liked education. And as I really thought about where I saw myself, the clinician educator role best spoke to what I wanted to do. To that end, I really felt that you know, while I liked teaching, I don't know if I knew how to teach or how to be a good teacher. And that was one of the major reasons why I decided to do a master's in health profession education, which I finished in 2018, because I also was interested in educational research. Um, I think, you know, when people think of research, they think of basic science, translational, clinical, but research is a big umbrella and you can research in education. You can have a successful academic career being an educational researcher. Great. So, you know, you're extremely busy, as I mentioned, your fellowship director um, at NYU of uh, adult gastroenterology. Um, why, why did you decide to squeeze in the time to be a co-author and contribute to this book? I remember, you know, it's interesting. The one, one reason why I've been so involved in Bing Gap, and I, I consider one of my luckiest days is the day I saw you. So just so the audience knows, I went to a AAMC Minority Faculty Development Conference in Vancouver and in 2014, I think it was, and I saw JP. I hadn't seen him in many years. I think we lost touch after med school probably. And that's when I reconnected with you and I found out about Bing Gap. 
And in the context, I then got involved with the academic career development conference series, which we've now done since 2015. We did a workshop on educational scholarship with some other co-authors. We've now done, it got published on Medit Portal and then to the book chapter. The reason why this is important to me and why I put time into this, and you know, most major organizations will, you know, kind of cover the cost of you traveling. And obviously Bingap is a smaller organization. The reason why I put the time into this and I'm willing to cover the cost of everything associated with it is because it's important. I feel that, you know, I look back on my med school years and realized, you know, you're so lost in medical school as a underrepresented from when you're from an underrepresented group. I, I'm not saying that's for everyone, but I just remember just not having any, you know, I had mentors who were great, but just to have someone spell out to me what these different aspects of edu of success means. Like you can do community service. You can be um, in, have, a, have a career based in education. You can have a clinical career. You can have a community service based education, research education. It's important to me that people who are coming out of medical school or training and residencies that they have the knowledge and can make informed choices. So it's really, really. I just and I think Bing Gap is great. I think it's done such a tremendous job of forming a network of people. And I just, it just, this is something I'm extremely passionate about. Even within my world of GI, I work a lot in diversity. I feel that, you know, we need the support structure and we, and we get it in a lot of different ways, but I think Bing Gap offers something that's unique. I don't think that, there is no organization like Bing Gap. We just had our second, you know, our anniversary, our 10 year anniversary celebration. And just thinking about the connections I've formed and the network I have and how, you know, we're all here because it's important. We've all had our struggles being from different backgrounds and we come together and we're giving the people behind us support and we're lifting them up. So yeah, so it was extremely important to me to get involved in this because I feel like, you know, let's give you a roadmap. Let's give you something that we never had. And we're willing to take time from our busy schedules. I know JP, you're extremely busy all the time, but I just feel like you know it's it's important and we just have to do it. It's just, it's, it's it's very close to my heart and I cannot express to you how grateful I am that I've been allowed to be involved in this process. Well, we've we've been we've benefited so much, right? You've been an incredible role model, mentor, and champion for for many of our trainees, um, and and a true proponent of of the Bingap mission and cause. Um, writing is difficult for many people. Uh, when in engaging in this process of contributing uh, a chapter and writing the book, what was the most difficult part about it? And how did you overcome that challenge? Time management. I think that's a problem, you know, it's, it's, I think writing anything, it's time management is to sit down and to do it. And I think what I ultimately, well, how I overcame is that you just kept reminding me that I had to do it by a certain time point. Um, you know, you're great at that, by the way. And, but also, you know, I wanted to get it done, but that was the hardest part was, you know, you get so caught up in so many other things in your professional career or in maybe even your personal life that it's easy to put things in the background or procrastinate. So I think it's just, I just sat down one day and said, let me just do this, um, you know, and get this done because it's important. But the biggest challenge was time management. A hundred percent is, you know, writing a chapter wasn't difficult. Obviously it went through edits, but it took me a very long time to do it because it just kept being put behind other things. And that's just, you know, I think that happens in a lot of people with writing. It's, it's difficult, it's a time, just, just do it. Just do it, just do it, just do it. 
So um, I know many of people are listening to this podcast because they want at least one nugget from your chapter on educational scholarship. So, can, you know, can, can you share one key aspect that you discuss in the chapter? If you're looking to be, to do research in education, remember that your workplace is your lab. I think every time you think of a new innovation, every time you think of something that's missing, take it and turn it into scholarship. Something that Bing Gap says is make it count twice, make it count three times. If you're gonna do something to make a change, if you're teaching a class or a series of lectures, how can I change that into scholarship? How can I look at my work? How can I evaluate my work and how can I publish on my work? Take things that you're already doing, things that you're passionate about and turn that into scholarship. So for example, I do a simulation for the clerkship years at NYU. I partnered with a resident and we wrote those simulation pieces and submitted it for publication and it got accepted into Meded Portal. So now that was something I did because I liked it and I wanted to do it, but I turned it into scholarship. The one nugget is take everyday activities. We all have responsibilities in education, even when you're a trainee, take those things and think about how can I take this to the next level and publish on it. Excellent, excellent. And, and I know you mentioned a couple of other nuggets during this podcast. Well, I want to thank you again for spending this time with us. Um, as mentioned, for, for sharing your journey and, and helping others to follow in suit. Um, most importantly, we want our listeners to pick up the book and learn more about completing educational scholarship. So thank you again, Dr. Williams, for everything you've done, not only for Bingap, but the larger academic community. And JP, thank you and the board at Bingap for forming this organization and giving this community something that it really needed. 